evening. This is Joe Beam. This is Marriage Radio, and actually the Joe Beam Show on Marriage Radio. We're so very happy to have you with us tonight on our one-year anniversary of the beginning of this particular program here on the Internet. We are glad that you've joined us. And tonight, as my very special guest on this program, I have invited my wife, Alice. Now, just to give a little bit of background before I introduce Alice officially, Alice and I married to each other the first time uh, back in 1969. Is that right, Alice? That's right. 69. 69. And we were married for 15 years. And then I left Alice. I divorced her. We were divorced for three years as I went off and lived in, I guess, if you read the old King James version of the Bible, it was in riotous living, doing things that I never thought I'd do, saying things I never thought I'd say, uh, going places I never thought I'd go. After three years, now we kept contact during those three years, and this is just to set up the situation so you can know. We kept contact with each other during those three years because every other weekend I came to see my children, and and sometimes I would see them there where Alice lived in Montgomery. I had moved away, Montgomery, Alabama, and sometimes I would actually take the kids back to where I was living up near Augusta, Georgia, and uh, so they could see my parents for the weekend and those kinds of things. So we had interaction with each other every other weekend, well, every couple of weeks, I guess it was, mm-hmm. for those uh, three years we were divorced. And at the end of those three years, toward the end of those three years, I called Alice and asked her if she would be willing to consider taking me back. And we'll have her talk about that in a few minutes. Anyway, she finally did. And we married each other coming up on 29 years this second time. So 15 years married the first time, three years divorced and 20, almost 29 years married this time. And often people love to ask Alice questions about, well, what happened before, during, and after. And especially at the after, like, well, after he did all those things, why in the world would you take him back? And how could you ever learn how to trust him again? And all those kinds of questions. I'm not trying to put the questions in your mouths. I'm going to leave it up to you as to what you would like to talk to Alice about tonight. But she's here, and she's going to be answering your questions as best she can Now, in the process, about 20 minutes after nine, I'm going to make a very special announcement about something that we are going to be doing that I think that you'll find very beneficial for you. So approximately 20 minutes after nine, I'll tell you about that. With all that preface, Alice, thank you for being on the program tonight. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited about it. Pardon me. My allergies are acting (laughs) up, so you need to talk another minute here, please. Oh, okay. I'm looking forward to speaking with you If you have a question for me, I would love to talk with you. I'll answer it to the best of my ability. Okay. Pardon me for having to disappear there for a second. I don't know what's got my allergies going today, but they are definitely there. And so, Alice is here. You're there. We already have callers out there waiting on her. And so, we'll just go to the first call. This is area code. Oops, I pressed the wrong button. There we go. Area code 914. Hello, area code 914. You're on the Joe Beam Show with Alice. Hi, Alice. Hi, Joe. It's Tina calling from New York. Oh, hey, Tina. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. I just wanted to wish you guys a happy one-year anniversary for Marriage Radio. And I wanted to let you guys know in March I'll be celebrating my one-year anniversary with you guys after meeting you and going to the workshop uh, that we attended, both my husband and I, in uh, March. And I just wanted to say my life has been so different after meeting you and your whole team that I have better communication now, uh, definitely with my husband, but also with my friends um, and other relationships that I have out there, uh, family included. (laughs) My heart has definitely softened. And I think more ten, ten, ten now all the time before I open my mouth, <laughs> including tonight. Good. That is wonderful, wonderful. Tina, you have become such a yes. good friend to us that it it's I, it seems like we've known you for years. It and does. Hasn't even I know, yet. doesn't it? It does. I wish I'd known you for years, really. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be in this which, position. <laughs> well, it's according to which year you met me. That was a pretty bad time back in the past, back there, Tina. But. Uh, we think the world of you, and I'm glad that we have been of some assistance to you. Well, since you're here, since you're on the air, what would you like to tell people who um, are new to us? Anything that you would like to say to them? I, I want to say that, you know, you can look at all the other different programs out there, and I did. I did some other programs, but it wasn't until I found Marriage Radio and the Marriage Helper, actually 911, which then led to all the other offsuits 
such as the Facebook group, such as the workshop, such as the 10-week course, and then, of course, the marriage radio, that we have a unique ability to be able to really connect with you and your guest speakers, such as tonight with your wife. <clears throat> it's been and, life-changing and such, for me. And such as you. You have actually been one of our guest speakers and will be again. That's right. So, yeah, we, <laughs> yes. we have enjoyed that. Well, we think highly of you, young lady. Oh, we do, Tino. You're just so special to us. And thank you for oh, all Oh, thank you, you so much. Thank okay, you so much. I hope to see or, you guys you, again. Hey, we will. We ha- that will happen it. somehow, some way. We would it love will. that. Yes, definitely. Well, okay. enjoy tonight. Happy one-year anniversary. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you so much, Tina. Take care. Take that care. One delightful human being right mm-hmm. there and yes, uh, doing all the right things. And then we're going to move to area code 778. Hello, 778. You're on the Joe Beam Show. Oh, hi. This is Tracy. Can you hear me? Yes, Tracy. I can hear you. How are oh, you tonight? Hi, I'm, I'm good, thanks. And, and I've heard you before, and you're very inspirational. But I do have a question for you tonight, or, or maybe for uh, Joe. Okay. Um, what I wanted to find, like, I know that you forgave Joe, and you took him back, and my husband and I are now um, reconciling after an emotional affair that he had. And, you know, although I can forgive, what I'm having a very hard time doing is the uh, forgetting like for example even last night you know I'm almost asleep and suddenly all those emails that I read you know are suddenly back in my head and you know Mm -hmm. he was in limerence so it was you know saying really nasty things about me and you know I try all the things the deep breathing and I try all the things and you know and it just you know for hours I'm there just ruminating on these things and I don't know if you have any any hints on the forgiving is one thing. The forgetting is the other part. <laughs> it, it is, Tracy. And I absolutely understand what you're saying. Let me say, first of all, that I am so happy that y'all are reconciling. That I think that is wonderful. And one thing that um, when we got back together, I would have those feelings uh, like you're talking about. You know, just all these terrible thoughts would come into my head. But what I tried to always tell myself every time I started thinking that is, okay, you know, what's done is done. He did this, but he chose me. He wants to come back with me. He wants us to make it work. And that's what I, you know, would just keep telling myself that, you know, he did choose me. The other thing I did have to do is I I saw a counselor. And I talked to a counselor and get, you know, to kind of work through those things. But the forgiveness part, um, it was easy for me to forgive Joe. But what it wasn't easy for me to do is to forgive the other person, Sally Sue. That's not her real name, by the way. No, that is not her name. (laughs) That's just a a code name we use because we don't want to use a real name when we talk about it in public. Right, right. So we refer to her in our workshops as Sally Sue. But but what I realized one day, Tracy, is that I had to forgive her because I wasn't able to move on. I was not able to fully forgive Joe, myself, and because she was always in my face. You know, what I mean is she wasn't physically in my face, but it was like she was just present everywhere we were. And I chose one day to forgive her. It didn't happen that day, but from that day on, it got easier, the forgiveness part for Joe, for me, and for everything. And it's it's quite true that I I said some very, very mean things to Alice back Mm -hmm. to that process as well. Unfortunately, that's what people do in those situations. I'm so sorry that happened. So is what Alice is saying, is that relating to you? It, It is. It is, and uh, you know, and I think yeah, maybe forgiving her is is something I need to work on. But I would just rather not even think about her. You know, <laughs> but, Tracy. But yeah, no. I'm sorry. Uh, don't yeah, feel ahead. don't feel bad about not liking her. You know, don't feel bad about that. God understands that. You know, she. You know, you have reason to feel that way, and. And that is okay. The way you feel is okay. 
And understand that that forgiving her certainly doesn't mean that you ever have to have a relationship with her again. And the, what we're talking about here when we talk about forgiving her uh, is that this is to bring you peace. It's not mm-hmm. to set her free from responsibilities of her own decisions and actions, but it's to set you free so that you're not emotionally chained to her anymore. Right. I have never talked to her. I have never, you know, I've never had contact with her, but just it was a decision I made in my heart that I was going to do. And I felt better. And and another thing that made me feel better about it is I realized that I didn't have to reestablish any relationship with her. Now, that's that's me. Not everybody feels that way, you know, but that's the way I felt. Yeah, and 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 I'm I'm the same. Yeah, no, that's mm-hmm. that's very helpful. Uh, thank you for oh, that. Oh, thank you. I, You're welcome, Tracy. Keep working okay. at it. <laughs> okay. God bless you, yeah. Tracy. And, and that's right. Keep working at it. You can do this. Okay. We uh, let me tell you again that at nine twenty, I'm going to make a, an announcement about some things that I think that you're going to find very beneficial to you that we're going to be starting. And I'll be glad to tell you about that at that time at 920, if you want to stick around. And I'll mention it again before we get done with the program, but that's the first time I'll talk about it just then. Let me tell you our telephone number if you'd like to call in and and talk to Alice, ask questions of her, interact with us. Of course, I'm happy to interact with you as well. The telephone number here is 646-378- 0424. That's 646-378-0424. Now, when you hear that menu, when you first call in and uh, it gives you options, if you press the number one, that lets us know that you're out there and that you want to speak to us because many people will call that number and without any intention of speaking to us, which is fine. Some people actually listen to this program on their phone and, and that's great. We can see that there are lots of callers out there on their phones, but in press that number one, we don't know that you actually want to talk to us. And so if you want to talk to Alice, then that's what you do. Or talk to me, that's what you do. Press the number one. And so here we go. We're going to area code 714. Hello, 714. You're on the Joe Beam Show. Hi, Joe. This is Jolene. How are you? Hi, Alice. Hey, Jolene. How are you doing? I'm doing, doing good. Um, I actually um, don't have any questions, believe it or not, Um but I just wanted to call, and I wanted to thank you both so very, very much for for what you guys have been through, that you can provide your experiences and what you've learned um, and share it with us. Um, you guys have been a tremendous, tremendous help. Um, and I actually, you know, I was wondering, like, how did I ever find Marriage Helper? Um, I actually um, belong to a group of uh, Joe Barusos. And he is the one that led me to um, the Facebook page and Marriage Helper. And it I know it's all God. I am so grateful for for being led to you guys. Wonderful. And I just Wonderful. want to, thank you. I just want to yeah. thank you guys so much. You guys are doing um, amazing, amazing work. And well, thank I you. Hope, I hope one day I can actually meet you in person. <laughs> That would be wonderful. I mean, we would really enjoy that. Joe and his wife, of course, have have an amazing story. But I'm glad that that we're able to be a benefit to you Mm -hmm. and and to other people. You know, someday, Jolene, if if indeed you're able to work it out, which is what we pray for, that it will happen. If that occurs and you guys on the other side of it have a strong marriage, you're going to find yourself compelled just like we are. That, hey, we've learned some things and we want to make ourselves available to other people we're going through the things that we went through. It doesn't mean we have all the answers. It doesn't mean we're the most brilliant people on the planet by any means. It just means we've been there. We found a way to succeed and have learned some ways to help other people succeed. And I hope for you that you have that story too sometime in the future. I really do, Jillian. Yes, Jillian. Well, well, thank, thank, thank you so much. I, I, um, I, hope and pray that um god can use my test and make it a testimony for everybody as well that's that's what i have that's what i have in my heart set on anyhow so. well right. i think you you will even we all want your marriage to make it so don't hear this as, as not wanting that but even if for some reason that doesn't happen you are still going to have a testimony and you're still mm-hmm. are going to reach out and touch with our lives aren't you well I, I, I sure hope so, because um, it really means a lot to me to be there for other people, too, because people have given me so much. I want to give back to them. So. You will. That's wonderful. Okay. You will. 
All right, Jolene. Okay, well, thank, thank you so thank very much. Thank you, Jolene. Right. God bless you. Take care. Thank you. All right. Again, our telephone number is 646-378-0424. That is 646-378-0424. And if you wish to speak to us, you have to press that number one. That lets us know that you are there. And now we're going to area code 450. Hello, 450. You're on the Joe Beam Show with Alice. Yes, hello. Hi, Alice and Joe. My name is uh, Leonore. Leonore? I am calling. Yes, Leonore. Okay. It was more uh, in regards to, um, I guess it's more of a technical question in the sense when you found out that uh, Joe was having an affair, how long did you stand um, for the marriage before a divorce was filed? Oh, wow. Uh, probably just a few months. I think it was more like a year, actually. You did? Okay. Now, let's put it this way. Um, she knew, but she had no proof for a long okay. time. Right. And, right. So, and so Alice <laughs> is thinking in terms of when she finally um, had yes, the, the, proof. The, the facts in her mm-hmm. face where she knew everything was going on. But she knew for a long time before that. Yes, I probably knew over a year. Yes, well okay. over a year. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I was lying and denying and mm-hmm. all those kinds of things that people do. And and was still involved with the with the other woman, um, so she stood well over a year. Yeah. And then even after we divorced, Alice didn't start dating or anything immediately. She was no. still there, still hoping it would come. To, you speak to that. Uh, actually, I did not start seeing anyone for a couple of years. Uh, I I actually just you know worked on myself. I became a much stronger person, of much more confident person. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just really worked on myself. Uh, when I would see Joe, he would come see the children. Uh, I would stand up to him, which I had never done before. I was very kind. I mean, I was not, we did not fight, you know, or anything like that. But, um, but I did not let him run over me anymore. And who in the end filed for the divorce? Was it Joe? It yes. was Joe. Yes. It was Joe. I was one to uh, file for divorce. I'll never forget, mm-hmm. though, that, that uh, visit with Alice's lawyer in, in his office. Man, he was mean. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he should have been. He yeah. should have been. So, so in the sense of how we typically talk about standing, it was more than three years that Alice did for the marriage. Then mm-hmm. she finally started saying, OK, I'm, I'm moving on. And she started, you know, she was getting a lot of male attention. So she finally started dating. She was a year into that. When okay. I asked her if she would consider coming back, right, and she did. And I uh, have a similar situation to both of you in the sense that I have a special needs daughter. Mm. So my question—I don't know if it's more to Joe or to Alice—in the sense that, did you feel, or did either of you feel that Joe was going through a midlife crisis because of the needs of the kids, and then on top of it, having a child that had special needs? I don't think so. I really, no. I don't think that had anything to do with it. I mean, I personally don't. It, it right. didn't. The uh, I had other stresses in my life right. that, that I was dealing with right. uh, when it came to career and some other things like that, but not those specific and particular ones. Now, since then, since we've been we've been working with marriages for more than t- two decades now, and in those uh, twenty-one years that we've been working with other marriages, we have seen people who do get stressed out because of the kids. And sometimes because of the special needs kids, mm-hmm. uh, people thought I left Alice for that uh, a few years after Alice and had Alice and I had remarried. I was on an airplane flying to speak somewhere for some corporation back in those days. And a lady who knew us back in those days was on the same plane and asked the lady sitting next to me to swap seats with her. And she did. And this woman sat down and looked at me and said, is it true when I heard that you uh, you you left Alice because you just didn't want to have a mentally retarded child? And it just made me furious. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, I, of all the problems and difficulties and all the bad and terrible things I did, that was not a motivation at all. As a matter of fact, I felt guilty about leaving Alice with that child. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, we have seen people, and, and maybe you're implying that this might be happening with your husband, because we have seen people that it does become part of the stress that leads them into the, uh, quote, midlife crisis, end quote, that where they start to go looking for something else is is that what you're saying may be happening with your husband? That's what I'm wondering. It's just because a little bit it's a situation where he, like you, was he's dealing with a lot of stress. He has a high uh, stressful job. He is um, 
in a position where he takes care of the whole country, so there's all that stress. And on top mm. of it, having young children, because our children are five and eight, on top of the fact of one of them being special needs and everything else. So I'm just wondering if that's what's bringing him over the edge to the midlife crisis, if you want to call it that. Right. I, of course, we don't know your husband, so we couldn't speak that, to that directly. It's possible. It definitely is possible. Typically, what people refer to as the midlife crisis has to do with a person reaches a point. It can happen to women just as well as men, where they reach a point of thinking, boy, what I thought was life was going to be like is not what life no. is. Things I thought I would have accomplished, I haven't accomplished. And, and sometimes people in that particular state, mental state, emotional state, do some things that are kind of crazy because they are reaching out for something else. We typically, if uh, it, I'm assuming that your husband is involved with a, another person, is that correct? Yes, yes. Okay. In my situation, and again, I can't speak to his, in my situation, that, that person came into my life and seemed to be an escape valve for all the other pressures in my life. So that uh, my mind finally got to the point of thinking, here's the only person that's on my side. Here's the only person that understands me. Now, obviously, that was not true. But at that point, at that time, I did believe it to be true. And and that just pushed me right into her arms. Uh, so I'm guessing that that probably is a factor with your husband. And when you got pushed into her arms, then when the three years came to be and you came back to Alice, was it that she, the other woman, decided, okay, well, this isn't working for me anymore, or you decided? And in that case, it was she. She. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we refer to this state, this emotional state, as a thing called limerence. Limerence. It's very intense. The person that goes in the fastest and strongest typically is the one who is the first one to come out. And, and she went into that state much faster than I did. And, and whenever I would come to my senses on occasion and think, this is so wrong, this is so bad, and I'd try to pull myself away from her, she knew exactly what to do to pull me back. And she pulled me back again and again and again. Now, then we went to the intense stage of limerence, so that middle stage, which lasted a while. And then typical, as is typical, she was the first one to come out. And at that point, I was doing all the things I could to pull her back into it. Mm-hmm. The thing about limerence is that it does always end. So think about it like this. It's, it's an addiction because of the chemicals going on in the brain. But unlike other addictions, this one always ends. It always comes to an end. And so it could have been me. It could have been her. I just worked with a very wonderful couple uh, in the last couple of days where he was the one who ended it, who, who, who came out fastest. And now she's doing everything she can to pull him back. Or I'm assuming she is. Okay. And, and he is strong and sustaining it. And in, in your case, there's probably no way to know at this point whether she went in first or, I mean, I didn't say, I don't mean first, I mean fastest, whether she went in faster than he or he faster than her. Therefore, we, if we knew that, we could basically kind of predict which one's going to come out faster. Uh, but unless you have that information, and my guess is you don't, we can't really predict that. No, and I'm also dealing with a situation of long distance, so that extends the limerence on top of everything else. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. I, I'm, I'm assuming that you're still standing for your marriage, right? I am. I'm just uh, at a point where I don't know what else to do besides surrendering him over to God. I really mm-hmm. don't know what to do. I, I do understand that. Are you, you are, are you in our 10-week course by any chance, our online course? I am. Yeah, I am in the 10-week okay. course and in the Facebook group. Okay. Yeah. Well, as we go through the 10-week course, I don't know if you've been through it before or if this is your first time, we'll be giving you some things that you can do, but you're already aware of the fact that you cannot change him. You can only change you. And yeah. hopefully, hopefully in the changes that you will continue to make with you, no matter how wonderful you are, you can mm-hmm. still become better. That will have an effect on him. Alice is changing had an effect on me. And it, it, you know, it was three years after the official divorce, uh, but her changing affected me. Now, hopefully with you, it's not going to be near that long, not trying to imply it is, but we don't just know this from a theory. We know it from our own lives and, well, so far, more than 200,000 people have been through the courses and seminars and workshops that I've written. So we, we know it works for a lot of people, and I pray that it works for you. What I'm also dealing with now is, as I read in uh, your book, The Art of Falling in Love, is that he's at a point where I'm pretty much 
gathering that he's pulled a U-turn, a U-turn on the love path, right? Yeah. So he's going backwards right now. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's yeah. going to continue to go that way forever. Yeah. It, it doesn't. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I imagine that's what he's doing. As a matter of fact, I was going to make an announcement at 920. It's 925. So if, if, if you don't mind, I'm going to make the announcement while I'm talking to you. Is that okay? Yeah, no problem. <laughs> okay. What we're going to do, and the first one we're going to do, we're going to do in Nashville, we're going to do a live event for the spouses who are standing for their marriage, whether it's been a little while, a long while. And this live event is going to include uh, entertainment. We're going to have music and all kinds of other things. It's going to be several hours long. There's going to be some teaching. There's going to be some entertainment so we can kind of enjoy ourselves some in the process of that teaching because some of the teaching is pretty intense and can be a little painful. There's also going to be big sessions of questions and answers, but rather than doing it like over the internet we're doing now, we'll all be in the same room and we'll pass a microphone around and, and it won't just be me there. It'll be other people on my team as well, including Alice. And that live event will be coming in just a couple of three months. The first one in Nashville, it's going to be pretty exciting. There will be a, a fee for that, but it's going to be a very low fee. I mean, very, very reasonable for the ticket. What I mean by that, it's a ticket event. Yes, and then we have to do that to control how many people actually we can put into a room. Because if a room only holds blank, we can't have 500 more people than that show up. So it will be a ticket event, but the ticket's going to be extremely reasonable. And if you're anywhere around Nashville, when we do that, I would hope that you would come and we get a chance to actually meet you. And we will do more during the year around America, but we'll do the first one here. Okay. All right. Thank you very much for calling. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Um, that's going to be a fun event we're going to do, Alan. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. Now, it's, some of the teaching is going to be hard and intense. That's mm-hmm. why we have to have some entertainment in it because yeah. it can get kind of sad to talk about some of these things because we tell people the truth. Um, just on the Facebook group the other day, we have a face group, uh, Facebook group that has about 2,500 people in it. it. It'll be a year old in March, that group will. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and picking up uh, like 100 people a week right now. And I said something the other day and somebody responded, wow, that's kind of discouraging. And and I didn't mean to be defensive, although I think my reply might have sounded a little defensive when I responded. Well, would you rather would you rather me sugarcoat it or tell you the truth? And 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 the lady responded right back. No, I'd rather have the truth. So we're going to do it that way. It won't be harsh. It won't be mean. You'll know that we are on your side, that we are there for you. But it's going to be a really great event. And, and like I said, if you're in driving distance of where one of these is going to be, well, if you've got the money flying, that'd be great. Say at the same hotels where we'll be doing the big meetings in the hotel ballrooms. But I think this is going to be something that's going to be really good for people. And, and uh, I can guarantee you Alice will be there, right? Yes, I will be there. <laughs> Look forward to seeing everybody. Okay. We are now going to area code 573. Hello, 573. You're on the Joe Beam Show. Hello, Joe. This is Jay. Um, I called last week, and I had a question maybe for Alice. I'm not quite for sure what kind of communication there was back when you first found out he was having an affair like there is now with email and text and phones like like they are readily available. But how did you find yourself constantly wanting to call and complain and tell him how he's doing wrong and everything? And how did you learn how to control that? Well, I just knew that it would not help the situation at all. I don't remember. I may have done that in the beginning a few times, but I I've I realized very quickly that you know that just wasn't going to help. So I, again, I I saw a counselor and I talked over things with him, and I really when it came to my React, uh, interaction with Joe, I tried to be a strong, you know, very strong and very, you know. At the outset, I, at the outset, Alice didn't do it very well, but we didn't have people back then helping us. No, we didn't. And, and so at the outset, the kind of things that we now know and teach other people don't do this, like the, the pleading, the begging, the, you know, all those mm-hmm. kinds of things. And I'm not putting Alice down for that. We, she didn't know any better. Right. And in the process of doing that, it pushed me further away. Now, cell phones were just coming out. So we didn't have those. Internet didn't exist at all. 
So we didn't, we didn't have that. And so it was going to be, if she was going to call me, she had to know where I was to call me. So she didn't have the technology that you have. And that technology creates a lot of temptation. What I mean by that is if Alice was angry at a particular moment and thought, I'm going to text him right now and tell him that there was no way for her to do it. So, so that actually helped us some Mm -hmm. in that as Alice got stronger and figured out on her own, you know, I love him. I'd love him to come back, but I can live without him. And, and I'm not going to push anymore. He's going to make his own decisions. And then she did all the things we talk about, such as becoming physically more attractive, intellectually more attractive, emotionally and spiritually. But she did that. You did it on your I own. I really did. I, I really, I really did it on my own. I, I just wanted to, I just realized that I was going to work on myself and be the best person I could be and go on and take care of my children and live my life and make a good living. And that's what I concentrated on. And I began, I became very strong and very confident and just, I was at a really good place in myself. I really was. So maybe we're not answering your question because what you're saying is how did you keep from doing those things with all this technology? Right. And I, and didn't, I didn't have, have the how, technology. Yeah. Yeah. I find myself doing it all day, nearly every day. And I know better. I, I, I know better, but right. like I said, the temptations there, how long did it take for that to go away? Oh, it probably took a year or so, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, and there were even times after that I would think about it, but I wouldn't dwell on it. You know, I would just, I would, I just wouldn't dwell. I just wouldn't dwell on it, but you know, it's not anything that's going to go away very quickly. And I'm I'm so sorry for your pain, Jay. Yeah, and I, I certainly understand that. why. I mean, mm-hmm. both of us get it. We know, but if you can, mm-hmm. my friend, Resist from doing that because oh, yeah. just think about it this way. You heard one of the callers mentioned earlier, a lady named Tina mentioned 10, 10, 10. Just to repeat that principle for those out there who may not have heard us talk about it. The idea, it actually comes from a book uh, written from, a, I can't think of her first name. Her last name is Welch. The name of the book is 10, 10, 10. And basically what she said is before you do anything, you need to stop and say, how am I going to feel about this in 10 minutes, 10 months, and 10 years? And so maybe it can help you a little bit if when you feel this great need to do this, ask yourself, okay, in 10 minutes, I'm not going to feel any better. 10 months, if what I'm doing is pushing her away, I'm going to feel worse, which is going to have a really bad effect 10 years down the line. So the long-term effect of this is bad. And, and, and then tell yourself, this is not going to help. It's going to hurt. I know I want to do it, but I'm strong enough to do the things that will work as opposed to the things that don't work. That makes sense. I just, I'm at that phase right now. It's just so hard to control the text and the calls. Yeah. Oh, Jay, I am so sorry. But I know you can do it. You can. You can do this. You really can. You can. It's tough, but you can. It's tough. But the more you resist it, the easier it's going to get. I, I promise you. The more you resist it. And when you start feeling that way, go do something. I mean, just do anything to get your mind off of it. I mean, it's please try that. Okay. I'm it, so sorry. I hope this helps some, Jay. I'm sorry we don't have the, the answer you're looking for, but I do hope this helps some. Yes, it helps a lot. All right, my friend. Take care. God bless. Okay, we got more callers out there, but first, uh, we got an email from one of the people on our team, actually a couple on our team. There, we have a great team that works with us, yes, and we do. it's awesome. And, and two of the people, uh, our married couple, uh, Terry and Carice Cheatham, who work with us. Uh, Terry is a master's level counselor, uh, and uh, and Carice is a person who comes to the workshop and is just so open and transparent with women about some of the struggles that she's had and they are tremendous assets. And they just sent an email that I don't typically stop and read emails, but I'm going to read theirs. It's from uh, Carice and Terry. It just says, Joe and Alice just cannot explain to you guys how much you mean to Terry and myself. Uh, what an example you both have been to us. Thank you for starting marriage radio with the free resources it provides to so many hugs and kisses, Carice and Terry. I well, love you guys. You know, we, we typically don't read. Guys. Emails just to make us sound good, <laughs> but, but they're special people, and I they wanted to acknowledge that. So special, we love them. And then we're going to area code three zero nine. Hello, three zero nine. You're on the Joe Beam Show. Hi, Joe and Alice. This is Marie. Hi, Hi Marie. Hello. 
I just wanted to, first of all, thank you guys again, like all of the rest of us calling in. Um, thank you guys for the gifts that you guys are giving us. It gives us hope. Um, you know, all the work that you're doing to help save marriages, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, so my question is, um, when you guys did get back together, were there things that you did, Joe, to show your wife that you were committed, that you weren't going to go back to the other person? Um, Alice, did you ask him to do things, you know? Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Yes, there were uh, several things he did. Uh, He allowed me, he told me when we got back together that I could ask him anything that I wanted to ask him, and he would answer it honestly. But I had to make absolutely sure that I wanted to hear it before he answered it, because once it was out there, he couldn't take it back. And for me, that was tremendous, just absolutely tremendous, because I needed that. I needed for him, you know, me to be able to ask him what I wanted to and for him to be honest with me about it. But, you know, when I started asking things, I realized that I didn't really want to know everything. I just wanted to know I had access to it if I wanted to know it. But thank the Lord for me, I didn't ask any questions that gave me a visual of what, you know, what went on. I didn't really, I didn't want to know that. I personally did not want to know that. Now, if there are people out there that have done that, please don't beat yourself up about it. I was... I'm glad I didn't ask that for myself. I, you know, that's so. So one thing, and and she could have asked for that, mm-hmm, but I, could I offered it to her before she asked for that. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you anything you want to know. And another thing or two that I did, and I offered to her, and and it would have been fine if she had asked for it, but I offered it to her. Uh, again, cell phones were just coming out, so mm-hmm. we didn't have the technology we have now. Uh, Any time I was going to be even five minutes late. I would actually stop at a payphone, which was what you had to do back in those days, yeah. and and call her and say, here's where I am, here's what I'm doing, here's what I'm going to be. And if I had lunch with somebody, I would tell her, if you want to call Charlie and make sure I was really with him, feel free to do so. I don't think she ever did. Mm-hmm. But but I, I made all that available to her. I made myself accountable to the nth degree, even to the point where that was so accountable that nobody could have lived like that the rest of their lives because you'd feel like you were living under a, a microscope. But I did that for about a year for her just so she could build trust back. And I turned all the finances over to Alice. That way, if I was spending money on anything, she would know what it was. Therefore, she didn't have to worry, has Joe gone and done this? Has Joe gone and done that? And as a matter of fact, she turned out to be so much better at handling the finances that she's handled it from that day till this. So we actually did set up a system to give Alice reassurance and trust. And I did that voluntarily, um, sometimes the other spouse has to be asked to do it, but it would be okay to ask for that. If, if you, particularly if you preface it with for my sake, so that I can have peace for a period of blank, whether that's nine months a year, whatever, would you please do this for me so that I can have peace on the, but another thing I would like to, to say on this regard, when he shared with me, I absolutely made up my mind that I would never bring, I would not throw things back into his face. I would not bring, you know, when we were having a fuss or a disagreement, I would, I was determined that I would not bring things back up from the past because I felt like when, when I told him that I would, you know, take him back, and we would uh, work on our marriage, uh, remarry and uh, work on our family. I decided at that time that I would do everything within my power to make this marriage work. And I knew that I could not bring up the past and move forward. It was going to be, for me, impossible for me to keep bringing up the past to be able to move forward. Is is this helping any at all? It it is. Um, and I'm kind of, you know, thinking back, my husband is gone right now, but this is our second time kind of through this. Hmm. And, yeah. you know, now I can see um, some of the things that were never addressed the first time this happened. Right. Um, but, yeah, and um, this other woman 
you know, I, after the first big affair, um, you know, I found out that they were texting again. And I, I think we should have addressed things all the first time around so we didn't have to worry about the second time. Because I was always worried, you know, from day one after I found out about it, I was always worried that it was going to happen again, and then it did. And so, um, yeah, I think we just, we needed, you know, of course, we needed something back, you know, a couple of years ago when this first happened. Um, but I just keep praying that, um, he will come to the weekend class with me, and we're not there yet, but I'm praying about it constantly, Good. so I'm hopeful. Well, I hope so, too, and and if he does, and, and let's just all pray that happens. If he does, what he's going to find is this, that uh, on our team, and I, I can't say enough about the team that does all the workshops, our, our team, even the team that doesn't go to the workshop but does the other things, we're just blessed with an amazing team, but there'll be two people leading that workshop, two guys leading that workshop, whose stories are going to be probably a lot like his. And he'll find out very quickly, wait a minute, there's some there's some guys here who have lived through what I'm living through, who understand my emotions. And typically that helps a lot because then a person in a situation like your husband's in feels free to start talking to us because he knows we're not going to sit in judgment on him. We're going to say, hey, we've been there, we know how that feels. And at the same time, we can still teach about the things about how to put the marriage back together and et cetera. So if ever it comes up and he says, well, what, what can those people teach me? Say, well, at least two of the leaders have been where you've been and they would never, ever sit in judgment on you. But they'll do everything they can. Right. To yep. I think it would be great. I just need to get him there somehow. So I'm still working on that. But I know we could be one of those success stories. Oh, and that would be so awesome. We would love yes, for that to happen for we you. We would. Anything else we can do for you tonight? That is it for tonight. Thank you again for all you do. Thank you. Thank you, Marie. God bless. Uh, well, one lady told me, she said, do you think it would work if I uh, if I knock him out, time up, and put him in the <laughs> trunk and drive him there? And I said, that probably is not the best way. Probably not the best way to get your spouse oh, there. Yeah. Now, we've got more calls we'll go to in just a minute. For those of you who um, are saying, well, it, we hear about that three-day intensive workshop you guys do. As a matter of fact, we did one two weekends ago here in Nashville, Tennessee, where we are. And this coming weekend, we're actually doing one in Dallas, Texas. If you are in the Dallas area and, and your spouse would be willing to come with you and your marriage is having trouble, then I'm going to give you a telephone number here in a second. We still have a slot or two open in the one that actually starts Friday morning. And if you think that you would, your spouse and you would come, we just have to know pretty quickly because we're, we're about at capacity. But here's a telephone number for that if you want to call and talk to one of our team members about the one happening this weekend or any of them in the future, but particularly the one this weekend. And, and like I said, it's last minute, but we can still hold it for a couple or two. That, t- that telephone number, if you wish to call about that, is 615-472-1161. That's 615 472 one one six one. I'll say it one more time because I'll talk too fast. Six one five four seven two one one six one. Now we're about to go to some more calls, but for those of you saying, "But my spouse isn't going to do that right now," hey, we understand. We certainly do. You say, "What have you got for us?" Well, let me just play this two-minute spot for you and tell you what we have for you. Do you wish that you could save your marriage, even though your spouse is completely done? You want your spouse back, and you want your marriage saved, but You've been trying to get your spouse to work on the marriage, and nothing works. You feel completely lost. You have no idea what to do, and you're beginning to think that you too should give up. What's the point? Doesn't it take two people to save a marriage? Actually, it doesn't. Marriage Helper has designed the Save My Marriage course, a course that will teach you all of the best things that you can do to re-engage your spouse in the marriage so that you can save your marriage. With 10 weeks of content, weekly group coaching calls, secret access to a secret Facebook group, complimentary access to the Marriage Recovery and Decision Point video series, and a 100% credit to the Marriage Helper 911 workshop. It is the best investment that you can make in saving your marriage when your spouse is completely done. This 10-week course was unbelievable. I think I've learned more about myself than I ever imagined I could. I know I've grown stronger And I'm also more confident that regardless of what happens in the future, I'm going to be okay. 
I also have learned how to interact with my wife in ways that show her love, but at the same time shows respect for myself. After participating in a Marriage Helper Weekend Workshop with my husband and even going further, completing the 10-week online course, it has become very clear to me that all I was doing was trying to control and even manipulate the situation. I've since learned that by focusing on myself, something called pies, I am all the better for it. While we have yet to reconcile, I believe we would have had I found and utilized this group earlier in the breakdown of my marriage. No one knows what the future holds for us, but the Beam team of Marriage Helper will be there for me. As Joe Beam famously says, there is no guarantee that this will work, but if anything, this will, and it has for me. For more information about the course, visit www.marriagehelper.com slash marriage. We hope to see you inside the course. Well, those uh, that gentleman and that lady that uh, are, are actually real-life participants, and they sound so professional, they sound like <laughs> announcers. <laughs> they sound great. Yeah, I think I recognize Tina's voice in there, though. Those are real people. They really are but they're just so smooth. They sound like professional announcers to me. Okay. Our telephone number again is 646-378-0424. That's 646-378-0424. And remember, if you wish to speak to us, then you have to press that number one, but because there are lots of callers out there that we can see, but we don't know that you want to talk to us unless you press that number one. And now we're going to area code 615. That's an area code right here in middle Tennessee, 615. Welcome to the Joe Beam show. Hello. Hello. Yes. Are you there? Hey. Hey, Joe and Alice. This is Amber from Franklin, Tennessee. Um, oh, hey, Amber. I don't know if, hey, yes, how we, are y'all? We, we remember you, Amber. Yes, we do. Uh, I hope that's a good thing. Um, yes, I don't want to take much of y'all's time because um, I know there's a lot of um, callers who desperately need your time and attention, but I was just calling in um, mm-hmm. not to only congratulate you on the one-year anniversary show, but um, just to thank y'all again. Um you know, we, my husband and I attended the conference in July and, Mm -hmm. um, it was, as you know, you know, a miracle for my husband to even get there. It um, was almost a 10 month process. And my husband was that person who said, there is no way I'm going to a conference with you. There's no way we're ever working on our marriage. There's no way I'm ever coming back to that marriage. Um, all the while him being entrenched in, you know, his affair, Um, and by the grace of God, we got there and, um, you know, I did everything y'all told me to do. I read every blog that was, you know, on the website. I basically read every book that I could get my hands on that y'all recommended. Um, not knowing, you know, if I would ever get to have a reconciliation story. And, Mm -hmm. um, my husband came back in October, a few months after the workshop and, um, we, have been so blessed not only by y'all, but Terry's been coaching us, you know, sporadically from time to time when we kind of need to um, fine tune some things. But um, today, which happens just to be the one year anniversary of your show, my husband and I just kind of sat down for no rhyme or reason. And he just kind of answered all my questions. And um, we've never really taken the time to kind of get some of the answers, you know, that you don't want to know, but I just kind of needed some closure. And, um, after we had that conversation, I, without a doubt, I mean, I knew that I could say we for sure have a reconciliation story. I mean, of course, our story will always continue to be written and there's going to be bumps in the road mm-hmm. and, you know, fuss from time to time. But oh. um, I could have never done this without y'all. Um, and, oh, Amber, this and, is wonderful. Um, and so I I know you've heard me say thank you, but I just, I thank you. Um and I just really want to encourage everybody out there that it doesn't matter if your wife or husband say there's not a chance, there always is. Um, you know, at the time I was a single mom, I had two babies, you know, one and two-year-old. I wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And I had to come up with the money to get us to the workshop because if he thought he had to pay for it, it wasn't going to happen. So there is always a way. Um, and it's it just it offers you more than you really expect, um, and if anything, you get closure because for me, I knew that I had done everything, and it was I knew it was in God's hands. But um, closure is something that you it's you know it's hard to come by, 
and get, and especially in this new situation. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Y'all um, have definitely left a legacy um, for your family that, you know, will definitely surpass anything that I think y'all will really be able to comprehend um, in this lifetime. So I'm just, I, I just love you all. So thank you. Oh, thank, thank you, Amber. You, you, Amber. you have a great story. Just you if you'll let me, I'm, I'm not going to give away any private details, but for those listening out there, um, and, I, and, and I wish I could say I remember everybody who comes to the workshop, mm-hmm. but so many people come to the workshop that, mm-hmm. oh, no, you're they, fine. I, you know, they kind of run to get in my mind. But I remember Amber. Right. And one of the reasons I remember Amber is because your situation was so grim. Mm-hmm. I mean, the yes. situation that you were in at the time. And, and I, if I remember right, people were telling you, there's just no way when I should let this go and those kinds of things. And you, mm-hmm. and, and your husband was a good man with a good heart who was just kind of messed up at the time, right? Yes. Very correct. Very correct. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I'm so glad, I'm so glad you guys got together because when I met him at the workshop, I remember thinking, this is a good guy. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking yeah. that when I first met him, because I was prepared not to like him because I'd already been talked to you on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and, yet, and yet when I met him, I thought, oh, dang it, I'm going to like him anyway. I, don't, I don't, didn't this want to, great. but I will. And it is so glad. I'm so glad. We're Alice and oh, both are just tingling just that you work this out. Yes. And what a great message of hope to yes. other people when it seems hopeless and everybody tells you mm-hmm. it can't be done. You stay with faith. That is right. absolutely right. Oh, wonderful. No, well, yes, no, you're absolutely right. Um, it it was, I had a wonderful support system. It, of course, y'all, but I also had my parents and my family. Right. So I remember. Um, in the flesh, in reality, it everything that could be against me in our marriage mm-hmm. or us mm-hmm. in our marriage and having any type of success or even just being civilized, him just mm-hmm. being, mm-hmm. you know, just a civil person, that it just was not happening for 10 months. Mm-hmm. Right. And um and he entered that workshop sort of willingly, but he he, he didn't really care. He was just kind of going, and mm-hmm. I had begged him so many times to go. I think he just kind of wanted me to be quiet about it. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. the, and the person he entered, you know, into the workshop and how he left, even though there was still some things that needed to be sorted out before he came mm-hmm. back in October, but he definitely, without a doubt, I mean, he, he said it then, and he'll say it again now, he left a completely different person. So, and that's, that's uh, awesome. But mm-hmm. as you know, though, that that had to start in his own heart. You know that if oh, he hadn't absolutely. been, a, if he hadn't been a good man. But mm-hmm. and so people, we often say to people, you know, if if you're married to a good person who's doing some dumb things, then he or she's worth rescuing, and you're the ultimate proof of that. So thank you so very much, Amber, and I'm thank so proud you. and happy for you guys. Oh, and you're right; God. I remember your your you have your support system of your right. parents and that, right. those things mm-hmm. are good to have too. Yeah. Yes, sir. Thank you. Well, thank you all thank so you much. So have a good night. Much. Bye-bye. Good okay. night. Thank you, Amber. I remember that young lady oh, very too. well and her husband. And I, and I really did. I'm telling the truth. I didn't want to like him because I knew she was having struggles, but yeah. the instant I met him, I thought, oh, this is a good guy. Yeah. And I was so mean to you back when I was going through all of that stuff. And, and I'll see these guys or, or gals, sometimes it's the wife that does it. And I, and I hear the stories from other spouse about you should, but you should know what he said or she said, or how she acted, how mean and et cetera. And it, and it always hits me hard because I, I remember, yeah, I did that stuff too, all of that bad stuff. But then you have a person as strong as Alice and as strong as Amber that we just talked yeah. to and as strong as Tina, even though her story's not finished yet. And Jolene and others that we've talked to tonight that had it not been for Alice's strength, it would have never worked out because first of all, she wouldn't have done all the things to make herself a better person. And right. I would have just kept going further and further and further into that godless lifestyle I was living. But at some point I looked around and I thought, wow, I look, look at who she is. I, how did I not see that before? She, she demonstrated so much strength in so many ways. And, and when I asked her to take me back, you started calling oh, people. Oh, yeah. That's in fact, that's what I was fixing to address. Amber, I am so glad that you didn't listen to everybody that was telling you not to take him back. That is exactly what happened to me when I started asking people. Everybody in my world said, you can't do this. You know, you can never trust him again. Elders in the church, you know, everybody, you know, don't take him back. You can't trust him. But in my heart, I knew that that's what I had to do, that I wanted to do that, that I wanted to take that risk, that 
that's what I needed to do to have the marriage that I wanted. Now, that obviously was a risky thing. Yeah. Why would you yeah, take such well, a risk? Because I knew it was the right thing to do. I felt like that I had already started seeing someone. But, you know, there is no guarantee in any relationship. But what I did have with Joe was two children and 15 years, you know, and, and I knew that he was a good man that had done a very bad thing. I also knew that I had my response, that I had my faults in while and how we got to where we were. I was not without fault at all. That, and, but that does not mean that she's responsible for my bad no, decisions. No, that I, that's what I was going to say. Uh, Joe did what he did. It wasn't my, I, I wasn't responsible for that, but I felt like that he, that I had to take it, you know, that I wanted to take him back. I wanted to take the risk to, because I felt like it was the right thing to do for me. And that's why Alice is the hero in our story, because she did that. Just before I make the next call, let me mention again something we mentioned earlier. We are planning sometime in the next two or three months, we're putting it together now, early stages of planning, a live event. We'll be doing it at one of the uh, hotels here in Nashville. We'll do one of their meeting rooms. We intend to do it for the spouse who's standing. Now, if your spouse wants to come with you, great. That'd be awesome. Bring him or bring her. But you don't have to. This is an event we're going to be doing for the spouse who's standing for the marriage. It's, it's going to be some teaching, some very strong teaching, teaching you need to hear and understand. At the same time, because of the fact we don't want to make it just a totally somber event, we're also going to have some entertainment. We'll have some music there and those kinds of things. And a long question and answer period, like like we do here, except there will be live. Now, it will be a ticketed event because uh, we can only put so many people in one of those ballrooms. And, and therefore, to not have an extra 500 people show up that we can't take care of, it'll be a ticketed event. But the tickets are going to be extremely reasonable in price. So uh, don't worry about that. It's something you can well afford. And we are going to really have a very effective and good meeting for you. Some entertainment, some relaxation, but some really solid teaching and a lot of questions and answers. It will not just be me there. Alice will be there. Others on our team will be there as well. And and after that one, we'll do some more around the country, around America. We'll go to other cities to do it as well. But we'll start the first one here. So watch for that. We'll be talking about it soon. Let's go to area code 862. Hello, 862. You're on the Joe Beam Show. Hello. Hello. Hi. Um, I just came on. I'm actually working. Um, my question is with respect to the limerent, um, mm -hmm. how is it? Um, when the spouse can come out of it when they're living with the other woman um, and her children and, say, her parents? Like, how? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How long so, has you been living with her? Um, uh, over a year and a half now. Um, and how, the, how long has you been involved with her? Uh, over three years. So it's over three years involvement and been living with her for a year and a half. Have you seen any weakening of that relationship at all? Um, he has been coming around. He was coming around in the holidays, um, uh, frequently visiting me and the kids. Um, and, you know, uh, <laughs> moments mm -hmm. of, I would say, intimacy we had. And then he has those moments of we don't hear from him. Um, and then we'll hear from him again, and then we don't hear from him. But but that's behavior that started in the last few months, right? I mean, that's where he's coming over. Right? No, that's, that's been a behavior that was about a year, um, I would say, um, mm -hmm. that's been going on. Mm -hmm. So it, it's a pattern that's been going on for about since I kicked him out in July of last year. Um, he stopped coming around and then he started showing, uh, coming around and then he stopped. And I thought that, you know, him coming around, you know, he was slowly coming out of the limerence mm -hmm. and then he's back at it. So it's, um, can I ask I, a, may I, I ask a question or two? Sure. Go when, ahead. Okay. So. I'm not sure I heard something you said earlier, and so forgive me if I misunderstood you, but did not I hear you say, did you say that on some of these visits that you're intimate? Did I hear that? Yes, we are. Okay. 
All right, let me speak to this in a couple of ways, if I may. First of all, I, I can't tell you exactly when a particular individual is going to come out of limerence. We do know that limerence in and of itself always ends. Statistically, statistically, it, it lasts somewhere between three months and 36 months. Now, some can last longer, some last shorter, but that's most of the people would fit within three months and 36 months. So we would think that there's probably, well, at least a possibility. Let me say it that way. We think there's at least a possibility that he's on the back end of limerence. When, by the fact that he moved in with the other woman, actually should be making the limerence end even faster because of the fact that once they get together, some of the fear goes away. And fear, when I say fear, I mean fear that we're not going to wind up together. Fear is one of the things that drives limerence so strongly, makes the emotion so powerful. And so when you finally get with the other person and that fear begins to subside, limerence also tends to subside. But in the situation you're describing, there's a possibility that your husband is in what I call the valley. Now, please don't be offended. I'm not trying to offend you at all. I just want to tell you what I think here. And when I say I think, obviously I'm not God. I don't know everything. I'll give you my opinion based on the, the situations we work with. If he's living with her, is what you said, and I think you said living with her at, his, at, her, at her parents. So he's living with her, but he's still able to come around on occasion and not just see you and the kids. But when he does that, actually you, because obviously you love the man, wind up going to bed with him. Now, here's why I call that the valley. It, it tends to decrease the likelihood that he feels he needs to do something now. So if he's coming back around, it's indicating several things. One is a good likelihood that the limerence has been decreasing. Another possibility that he's truly missing you. Another possibility that he's that the moral compass within him that he is violating because he has left his marriage and his kids is bothering him and those kinds of things. And those are all good things because they help to bring an end to limerence. So when that's happening and he comes back around to see you, that's a good thing. But when he can come back around to you and actually go to bed with you. And it's kind of like old times. Now there's no real strong motivation for him to have to make a decision. That's why I call it the Valley. It's like, Hmm, I'm still over there in that, but I also get to have over here with this and in the Valley, because there is no motivation to have to make a decision. Now people tend not to make decisions at all. And they let things go a little longer. Now, I'm not going to tell you what to do because you make the decisions for your life, not I. I don't have that mm -hmm. right, that ability or privilege. But in the situation I'm describing, I suggest, if you haven't heard it before, go to iTunes, subscribe to Marriage Radio. It's free. Subscribe to Marriage Radio with Joe Beam on iTunes. Look for the program we did called The Definitive Guide to Boundaries. Now, mm -hmm. I didn't do that show call-in. I did that show just directly talking with no call-in at all. It's about an hour and 15 minutes long, so you might want to listen to it in pieces. But that program will say, okay, sometimes there are things that we call boundaries. Sometimes there are things we call criteria. Now, understand this. I'm not going to try to go through that program here. It's an hour and 15 minutes there. You can listen to it there. I want to tell you the pros and the cons. The pro would be this. If you start setting boundaries and criteria, then you very likely can speed up the process of him having to make a decision because it sounds as if he's not totally committed to that other relationship. And that's a good thing. Here's the con mm -hmm. by forcing him to make a decision. There's always the possibility. The decision will be the one you don't want him to make. And so you have to evaluate what's, right. what's the best thing to do here. I can't really guide you on that because I don't know him. I don't know you, but, and I've, I, I've been recommended, um, there are probably other audio listeners who know who I am because a lot of them listen to you and have recommended. And I've just literally let God just deal with him and whatever mm -hmm. my course may be. Um, mm -hmm. even for the holidays, it was at first, you know, we got into an argument and then he wanted to initiate intimacy. So it was very confusing. Because I thought he was angry and I just, you know what, you know, I, yes, I do love my husband. Absolutely. But I don't, as you say, I don't, I don't reach out to him. I don't fawn over him. Do I miss him? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Do I think sure. about him? Absolutely. Do I know mm -hmm. my faults in our marriage? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I, I thank God every day for this, I would say storm 
because it's made me realize what I should have done differently and what I want to do differently. I understand um, that. So um, the only thing would be is with, because I know that there was an audio after your boundaries where you spoke about the limerence and how when there are other children involved, because he's in a sense is like a parent figure because the other woman has mm-hmm. Right. And that's the typical because he doesn't communicate with m- m- our children mm-hmm. and he's constantly being surrounded with her. And, and she doesn't, I don't, I feel like she doesn't allow him to have a relationship with our children because of her fear that he would oh, yeah. reconcile with me if need be. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't have a doubt in my mind that's happening because we see that so much. Well, if you haven't already added it to your prayer life, and you probably have, may I suggest that you add that God brings about circumstances and situations to just mess that up. I mean, to mess up his relationship with this this other person. I didn't catch your first name when we started. Can you give me your name? First name? Natalie. Okay, Natalie. Well, may God be with you, and, and I'm glad you're doing all the things that make you strong. If we can help you further, just call us again, okay? Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Have a good evening. I, uh, I'm going to mention it just one more time and I don't mean to beat it to death. I'm just so excited about it. We're going to be doing this live event for, for the one spouse. I mean, if you want to bring your spouse, great, but it's going to be for the spouse who stands and we're going to be doing it here in Nashville, not too far down the road. I mean, two or three months from now, and it's going to be a great event. We'll do one later someplace else and one someplace else. I don't know the other cities yet. Our executive executive director, Kimberly Holmes, hasn't chosen all the cities we'll be in yet, but, but those are going to be really good events and, and extremely inexpensive for you. And it's just going to be good stuff. Alice, what else would you like to say? I just, um, so I'm so thankful for all of you that are standing for your marriages out there. Just know that, you know, there are people, uh, you know, for the Facebook, uh, face, uh, save our marriage group, you know, they you're supporting each other. And I think that's wonderful. If you haven't checked into that and would think that would be something you would be interested in, you should go and uh, and check out the Save My Marriage Facebook. Excellent. I just got a text from our executive director, Kimberly Holmes, and, and it apparently came when Amber was talking to me. And so she sent me another chastising email or text that I didn't. She said, Amber's my favorite. Tell her I said hello. And then she sent me a little thing. Why didn't you tell Amber I said hello? So Amber, if you're still listening out there, Kimberly Holmes, our executive director, wants to make sure that you know she says hello. I promised Alice if she'd come on with me, I wouldn't keep her on over an hour. It's been a little over an hour. So I'm going to keep my word to her and we're going to end this episode. We'll be back with you, Lord willing, next Tuesday night. We'll have a a interesting topic for you then. We'll be putting it and posting it on Facebook and other places before then. Until then, may God be with you.